0: Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, November fifteenth. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to jump right into it. Um, Before we even get going, I'm not even going to ask how you guys are doing. I know you're doing great Um, based on the guests that we've got. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthries in Tallahassee, twenty five fifty North Monroe, and eighteen eighteen West Tennessee. We'll talk about them in just a moment. Uh, Also powered by the Big Three Roll Up. Appreciate their partnership. There, you can go to our store at BigThreeRollUp.com. We're going to jump right into it tonight. We've got a very special guest on with us. We appreciate his time um, from ESPN College Game Day, Kirk Street. How you doing, tonight, Kirk? I'm good. TJ, how you doing, man? Good, good. We definitely appreciate your time. Appreciate you for hanging out. I know, I know, the fall is busy time for you, man. I don't even know how you t- yeah. have a second to breathe with with everything yeah. that you got going on. But
1: um, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's fun though. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time I'm I'm kind of used to it this this season like I'm sure for you guys has obviously been strange with uh the protocols the testing and you know the the restrictions no fans at stadiums but uh you know we're we're trying to remain positive and and uh, at least celebrate we have college football we have games yeah. you know to talk about even with some cancellations so but it's yeah it's it's been a it's been a crazy year for all of us
0: Definitely weird. But like you said, we, we didn't know if we would get football this year, right? There was a time where it was looking like we wouldn't. So, yeah. um, and especially in some of the conferences canceled, right. And then, and then yeah. came back. So, uh, so no, we're thankful. I, I like to ask the most hard hitting questions up front. Uh, double fries, no slaw. This is an, an ode to Guthrie's there in Tallahassee. Have you ever been to Guthrie's or any kind of like just greasy fast food chicken type place? Like, you know, <laughs> Zaxby's raising canes, Guthrie's, any of that stuff? Yeah,
1: all of them. You know, I, I Zaxby's. I, I love. Uh, I've been to Guthries. You know, we, we haven't oh, yeah. been. You know, we we've not. We used to go to Tallahassee when Freddie was there. We were at Tallahassee <laughs> a couple times a year, two or three times yeah. a year. We, we obviously uh, have have not been down there uh, as much as as we used to, but uh, yeah, that that's a, that's a. If you're a I have four sons. Uh, if you're a college kid what what an incredible campus that is that that I don't know about the studying part but as far as the fun part that looks like a, a great uh, a great campus.
0: We've all had a lot of fun and good times up there for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt
2: Kirk I mean obviously the this season's not going the way Florida State fans wanted it to. Um, and something you said kind of stuck with me when you were on the call for the Florida State-Miami game. You said, you know, we just need to get some football players in here. You know, as Florida State fans, we're used to top five classes and, yeah. and all these high five and, and high four stars. But those guys aren't interested right now, and, and no one can blame them. So how tough is Norvell's job to get the right guys in here to win enough to start attracting those guys again?
1: Well, first, I love your background. Uh, that, that is absolutely. Actually- <laughs> beautiful
2: i I planned it just for you kirk i I wanted to be there i was watching saturday i'm like man i wish i was there
1: (laughs) it was crazy um i'm not a a great golfer but i can appreciate tradition it was it was pretty it was pretty surreal to be there plus i got to walk the the friday round with uh just watching tiger uh play his entire round with there were about 20 of us walking with him and it was it was pretty uh it was pretty sweet to watch you know in person his laser focus but um I you know I, I know Florida every fan base has a a Twitter handle that I think announcers hate their team. I don't hate any team. I, I especially don't hate Florida State. When I came on to College Game Day in 1996, Florida State was Alabama. Florida State was either winning a national championship or in it or right on the verge of it every year. I mean, 96, 97, 98, 99. It was, and I loved them. I lo- I mean I I love getting close to their program, huge fan of Bobby Bowden. Uh, Mark Richt was there. Winky was there. Uh, Peter Warwick, I mean, Travis Minor. They were just loaded, you know, and they just have better people, nothing personal. They just were better than who they played. And defensively they had, they had so many great players and, and they had a, they had a, a personality about them. That was not BS. It wasn't a fake personality. They were ballers and they knew they were good. And so somewhere along the way, I don't know, Freddie, you may have a a much better feel for it than me, but somewhere along the way they, they got off track. You know, they, they just, they lost their way. I, I, Freddie, you tell me if I'm wrong. As an outsider, I feel it. I feel like it got a little bit more individual focused. It got a little bit more about getting to the league and I think those guys, that when my, when Florida State was rolling, that was going to happen, but that wasn't the primary focus. That The primary focus was just to win and dominate. And then on the back end, they're going to go to the league. You know, so I just feel like the last, I don't know, I almost used that Florida State Louisville game when Lamar went off, like that is almost like the the game or the year where it just felt like Florida State started to become like, hey, you know what, we're losing, but I got to take care of me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go make sure I'm okay. And when that starts going on, I you're in trouble. And um, so yeah, you're, you're right. You got to recruit not only players that have ability. Man, you got to recruit personality. You got to recruit guys that want to wear that helmet and want to play for the tradition of guys like Freddie and going back to Charlie Ward and just so many incredible players. They're so proud of their school. So. I don't, when I watch them and I think Mike's trying, you almost got to take three steps back. You know, guys that aren't buying into the culture, they got to go. I don't care who they are. You got to take three steps back to, to really, you got to hit ground. You got to hit ground zero and then climb your way back slowly back out to do it. Right. I wouldn't want to try to do a quick fix, even though fans want that. Yeah. So I, I love Mike. I hope he can do it, but man, that's a big challenge.
3: I kind of want to um build off of what you just said. In 2013, I witnessed that firsthand. I came in as a freshman, didn't really know how to win. I came from a high school program, never been to the playoffs. And I came in around a whole bunch of guys. They were dogs, straight dogs. And they never talked about championships. They never talked about the NFL. It was just about controlling what we could control. Yeah. Then after we handled business that year, in 2014, everything like you, you had like Joyner and Telvin yeah, Smith, was, nah, they, they were, were all big. just in yeah. man, they were ballers. And if you ever talked about anything outside of that getting better, they're gonna punch you in the mouth something yep. like, Like, We got out, there. yeah, like, God, yeah. That's a yeah. you, like, yeah, you had leaders, right yep, yep. And in 2014, you kind of saw that shift. We still had, I believe, 2014 had more talent than 2013 did, but guys started thinking about the NFL. Um, the, the they were start. We were stars now, so we start to buy into that. I talked yep. about it last week. They had um a thing, a saying. It was like Dallas to Dallas. We started the season off in Dallas against yep. Oklahoma State. I and remember. College football playoffs was in Dallas, so we kind of bought into that, and all the players were screaming it. And looking back at that now, I was like, damn, like we set ourselves up for failure yep. from the jump. Yep. And then you saw guys coming in that 2015-2016 season when things started to take that turn and you saw saw it try to change. And guys just didn't understand what it took to be successful. They just thought, all right, we go to Florida State. They've been successful here. So we're just going to be able to come in and win. Guys didn't understand what it took. And yep. guys like DeMarcus Walker, myself, yep. um, other guys on the team, we were trying to get these guys to understand, but they didn't care. They yep. wanted to go to the league, win a few games, and it was all about what they can get for themselves. And once we left, you saw that go downhill, like it, it got bad. They didn't have any guys that wanted to step up. Um, And it's, the culture is completely messed up right now. So. So well, how do we right get it? Up? How do we get it back? How do we yeah, get that's this my, thing That back? was my question. How do we, how do we get this back? I, I've i heard you guys talk, speak highly of Coach Norvell um, as a coach. Like, I think, I think it's tough because we saw some of these signs when we were heading out and we were trying to catch it. But at the same time, it's only so much you can do to, to a guy that's fighting it. Like you can't bother him every day because then he's gonna give up on you. Yeah. So it's it's a tough process right now, especially with guys that have had three different coaches in the past few years. Yeah. They don't know who to trust. And then Norvell's trying to come in and implement his system and guys don't want to buy in. There's still some of Willie's guys. And some guys still left from the Jimbo era. So it's gonna to be tough, but from what you've seen from Norville, what are some things from him that you feel like we should be optimistic about? Well, that's so. What I'm seeing sounds like it's real. You
1: know, like like you lived it, so I, I'm not off track by by saying what I what I what I've been seeing. And um, the the for, before I say something about Mike, the one thing I'll tell you is what I've seen in doing this because I've seen programs go through this and I've seen them get out of it. What I would do is you got everybody coming into Florida, trying to get all the great players. You're dealing with Florida, uh, my, University of Florida, you're dealing with Miami, not to mention Alabama, Ohio, so everybody's coming down. You got to find guys that, and it's through recruiting. Maybe they're not a five-star, but you know what? They, they, they are, they love football. They love to compete. And you got to get to know them. Guys like Telvin Smith, guys like yourself, Uh, DeMarcus Walker, um, LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, guys that just, I mean, its its they're out there because I see them. Alabama has a whole roster full of them. You can say whatever you want about Alabama. Watch them and find out if they're worried about themselves. Those guys don't last long if they're like that at Alabama. So you can find these guys, but you got to find guys that just love playing football, which is when you played or when I played, I mean, that's why you played because you loved it. Now it's all about three and out NFL, but you got to find that. And, but Mike brings an offensive system that skill players want to play in. whether you're a quarterback, whether you're a running back, whether you're a wide receiver, you're going to get a chance to get out in space. You're going to get a chance to be in one-on-one opportunities. You're going to get a chance to showcase your skill. You know, it's, it's not a pounded, you know, kill the clock, shorten the game type of offense. It is a dynamic. When he was at Memphis, I mean, their offense is high-flying, scoring. They're scoring 50 a game, 45 a game when he has the right people. But if you watch these Memphis teams, those guys, a lot of those guys went to the NFL, the offensive skill guys, but they played for each other, you know, for the the love of one another. And I I think it's harder to create that, but I still think you can create that if you recruit the right people. So, you know, I I don't think this is something that's going to happen overnight. I don't think it's going to happen in a year or two. We're in the middle of a pandemic, which adds to the challenge of trying to get this done. But I would ask you guys this, Freddie, especially you as a player. I sense that we're in a new world of as soon as your team is out of winning a championship, players now are in a mode of, I don't really care anymore. I'm just going to get ready for the league. I'm just going to worry about myself, which is very foreign to my generation of football player. How do we get out of that? How do we overcome not just Florida State, but college football in the country, these opt-outs? And I know we're in a pandemic, but these guys that just emotionally and mentally opt out because, well, we're two and three. We're out of it. Who, who cares? Like, I don't even know how that comes into your brain when you work January, February, March, April. I mean, all you do is work. And you're just going to give up like that because the season isn't going right? I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of message that's sending the players that we're going to accept that kind of mentality.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. And it's really tough for me because like I said, I played for a high school that never went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We're in the fourth quarter most of the time playing against teams, third stream squad and they're still trying to make plays, trying to rally guys together. So I don't understand how guys could even think about that, but everybody, I guess everybody's different. This is the generation we live in, but, I've always believed in fighting and showing some type of pride. Yeah. If you come in, I was always taught that if you start something, you better finish it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the generation we live in. If God, God, if things aren't going God's way, they want to quit. They want to find the easy way out, and it kills you in the long run. I believe down the line, when you get tested, you know the first thing God's going to do it. They're going to quit. Shut it down. Yeah. They're setting themselves up for failure in the long run. Yeah,
1: in life, you know whether it's, it's a guy who's got a job as a husband, a father, like you, 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 that's not a great message. I don't, I don't feel that these players are learning by just saying, ah, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. Who does that? I I just, I hate it. Hate to see it.
2: Kirk, you, you touched on it, man. It's a pandemic, you know, five months ago we didn't know we'd have football. So uh two and six or not I'm just happy we have college football yeah but for Florida State fans obviously especially the casual ones they see two and six they see the these final scores but it is kind of a year zero we did not have a spring we didn't have summer workouts you know that fall camp was hit or miss how patient should Florida State fans be because I know I know myself Freddie and TJ but we all still believe in Mike Norvell and you can't judge the guy after eight games in what's going on this year so as a national guy man you see the entire country it Is it fair to say, man, give the guy some time, give him a full spring, give him a full summer before we really start, you know, trying to pick apart what's going on?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, Not just pandemic. It's just what he inherited. Yeah. Uh, Freddie talked about a lot of these guys have had three coaches, you know, since they've been there. You're going to let go of this one now and go get another one. Uh, That makes no sense to me. I mean, it's like the opposite of what they need. They need stability. They need need something to be able to kind of sink their teeth in as players and know this is our strength coach. This is my offensive coordinator. This is my defensive coordinator. This is my head coach. This is my position coach. Like reason Clemson's so good is, you know, I know they lost uh, uh, coach Scott to, uh, to USF, but uh, Tony Elliott's been there forever. Um, Brett Venables has been there forever. Their assistants don't leave. And, so these players, they, they have such incredible continuity, and um, the program is what it is. And you you come in and you're a freshman, and you just kind of walk in line, and you know what the deal is. And the guys who are juniors and seniors, they're almost like assistant coaches. That's what that's what Florida State strives for. And the worst thing they can do is, well, we're two and six, get rid of this guy. Let's bring in the next one. It's impossible if you if you're serious about turning it around. You're just going to have to go through. I know it's frustrating. You're going to have to go through growing pains and you're going to have to trust that Mike Norbell has, has what it takes to be able to get you out of it. I, when I called the Miami Florida state game, I I was like, whatever, week two or three, whatever it was. I remember saying, this is not going to be a year where we're going to look at, well, he got to five wins or he got to six wins. It's not a, to me, it's not about wins. It's about trying to change the, the personality of the football team trying to you're going to lose players whether it's through injury, opt-outs, they're not getting enough playing time, they don't like their role in the offense, whatever it is, you're going to you're going to lose guys. That's the way it is with the transition. And when you do that, you're going to lose some of your best players. But if you have some young guys that are hungry, so by the end of the year if if things if you're a fan and things feel like forget wins and losses, the energy of the team, the competitive spirit of the team the togetherness of the team. Like, if you feel like, you know what, from week one and week two to where we are now, like how they played at Notre Dame, I, I didn't expect them to win that game, but I thought they at least with Jordan Travis, they, they at least they had a little bit of an identity on offense and they showed a little bit of fight when no one really expected that of them. That's the kind of personality that you want to see in these last few games. And then you can kind of build on that um, going into the off season, but Yeah. T- if I were you, I'd tell the fans that's not an option, you know, getting getting a new coach in there, uh, whether it's this year or even next year.
4: Hey, Kirk, I had a quick question for you. Um, I remember being in the stands. This pertains to Freddie. Um, I remember being in the stands in high school, and you were calling this game Florida State versus Clemson. And I'm sitting there with my dad. And I see Dalvin Cook streaking down the sideline for, what was it, a 50, 60, 70-yard run in the fourth quarter against Clemson. And I'm thinking, we just took the lead. We won the game. This is huge. And I see a flag down on, the, like, the 50-yard line, 40-yard line. And they call, what was it, Freddie, a block in the back or a chop block, something like that.
3: Block <laughs> below the waist. Yeah, block below the
4: waist. And I saw the thing on Twitter the other day of um, you making that call and saying, man, I don't really know about that. But – I guess my question was, how much do you think Dalvin Cook kind of mitigated the issues we had that last year? Do you think he just kind of pulled us through and kind of hid those issues that we were starting to see the next year? Was he just that good of a player? Or do you think the, the fall actually happened, like you said, there in Louisville?
1: Um, I think it, it really came to a head in Louisville. But I think you're right. Um, there was We started to see signs, and Freddie would know way better than me. But just watching them play, I'll never forget the Oregon game. You know, it was competitive. Um, Jameis, of course, almost became like the Darth Vader of the sport when he was playing. You know, fans outside of Tallahassee enjoyed cheering against him. Number one, they won the championship the year before. And so, you know, anytime you win, you know, people like to tear you down, whether you're Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, whoever you are. And now it was Florida State and Jameis had some, you know, all that other stuff going on. So people always wanted to kind of see him lose. I didn't, but but that's how the fans were. So I remember watching that game, calling the game in the Rose Bowl. And it was competitive. But then all of a sudden, Marcus, if you remember Marcus Mariota and that up tempo offense could frustrate you. And I'll never forget watching the tempo get going when the game started to kind of get sideways for Florida State. And Mariota's going fast and they hit a big pass. And I can't remember who else was in the secondary. I just remember Jalen Ramsey like yelling at one of his teammates as Mariota is coming to the line of scrimmage and going another play. And as Jalen Ramsey's looking over here and kind of just tearing a guy apart. And then, and then that play came and they got more yards and he's yelling at another guy. And they just looked like they were coming unglued. Um, And, and that was a year they had a lot of mental busts in coverage and just things you wouldn't typically see from Florida state on defense. And that's when I felt like they were a great team talent-wise. But the personality, as I talk about it, of the team that year, you started to see some signs of the individuality and not this, we're all in this together, whether we're winning or we're losing, it's all of us together. That's when I started to see it. And then Freddie, you, 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 you know what I'm, you, I don't know if you remember that at all or know what I'm talking about, but you know, you, you never really want to show up one of your teammates, you know, and, and especially in that big of a stage. And I, I thought you started to see some of the signs right there.
3: Yeah, without, without a doubt. Um, we, we experienced it we knew it was coming and It kind of leads into my, my next question. In 2016, Harlan brought it up. Um, of course, the chop block game, but we lost that game. And of course we lost the Louisville and, that they completely killed us that year. But we lose to Clemson, and then they go on to win the national championship. And then you see the monster that Clemson has turned into, and then how we've had this major debacle, whole teams falling apart and Clemson just killing everybody. And I think they have one of the strongest teams they had in the wild this year. Um, how much do you think things go differently. If we win that game in 2016, we may have a chance to play in the ACC championship possibly if we win that game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about one game and how it can flip things. Um, that, that was a game. If I remember right, that was at home, right? It was, it was like in the, in the mid thirties type of game. It was like 30, I want to say 34, 31, or, or yeah. I, I just remember it being a close game. Um, and I, I think Clemson, in that, that time frame, they were starting to really get it going. And I think a, a win like that um, gave them an enormous amount of confidence because they weren't used to consistently being able to play in Tallahassee and, and being able to win. I think there were some times they were close, but um, you know, if, if, if I remember right, you did, what was your final record that, that year? I mean, you lost to Louisville.
0: I think it was uh, 10 and three. They, they ended up beating yeah. Michigan in though. They beat Michigan to go ten and three in the Orange Bowl.
1: Okay, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. I, it's hard to say, Freddie. I mean, if if you win that game, you know, Clemson's not in the position that they're in, um, and Florida State probably is. I mean, that's how close it came that year. Um, yeah, I for, totally forgot about you guys bouncing back and recovering from uh, from that that loss at Louisville that year. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thought.
3: I think it's interesting also like you said Clemson even the year before when they beat us um in Death Valley um we they had just we just lost to Georgia Tech and we go up there their number one team we went out there for warm-ups and Clemson was absolutely they were terrified of us they didn't believe they could beat us the last time we played there we blew them out so yeah. it was still in their head every year that they couldn't beat Florida State so when yes. they came to Tallahassee and beat us they were no longer scared of us and that's what you see today. And anytime they get that chance, they're going to step on our neck and completely try to dominate us.
1: Man, it's such an interesting point that you bring up that that they didn't think they could come to Tallahassee and and play with us. Because what you're describing to me, I saw firsthand going back to one of those teams with Bobby Bowden, You know, I don't know how that tradition started. You guys get done with warm ups and then you walk, I don't know if you walk from the goal line to the 50 or the 50 to the goal line, but you guys, Grab hands and kind of walk. You would line up all the way across the field, and you walk. And most teams in the ACC, when Florida State would do that, would be like in pregame warm up. All right, take care. We're out of here. Like, like they were just intimidated. Like, no way, we don't want to play. And and I think it's almost like the Russians been hit and Rocky, he's bleeding. When Florida State started to lose a few games in the ACC, they became human. You know, they they became oh my gosh. We can do this, you know, and that the, it was almost as if you guys as a program handed the baton to to Deshaun Watson and to Clemson and said, you guys now are that team because now, you know, Dabo has that same tradition. They lock arms. They walk the, the you know, 50 to the goal line and a lot of teams in the ACC see that and they see all of the, you know, the pretty athletes and the speed and the size and they think, man, well, I don't, we don't want anything to do with this. So. They've become Florida what Florida State once was. Uh, Clemson right now is that brand. Not just the talent, but Dabo Sweeney feeds into the culture of that program every single day. And going back to what we talked about, what Florida State has to do, he finds guys that are unselfish. He finds guys that want to play for each other. He finds guys that want to win. And of course they have NFL aspirations, but while they're here they want to win. They want to have fun. And, and he just, he has a way they work hard, but man, they are, you're a recruit and you come into a Clemson locker room. You're like, can I have a Jersey? Like, I want to be here. I want to be a part of this. And that, that's, that to me reminds me a lot of Bobby Bowden, like in his heyday. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll hope that Florida state can get that back to that at some point.
0: Speaking of, um, Speaking of Clemson, it kind of looks like they'll they'll most likely get a kind of taking it nationally for just a minute, but it looks like they'll get a rematch with Notre Dame unless some weird things happen. And and probably the winner of that um goes to the playoff. Indiana and Ohio State have a big game this weekend. Um the winner of that puts themselves in the in the driver's seat. Um, obviously our big rival, but and how about the Gators? The Gators look really good. Like that game in Atlanta, like the over under might be a hundred for that uh, for that Florida, yeah, Bama game. I mean, I nobody you never bet against Saban, right? But like, yeah, think about that. I mean, how how for how for real is Florida?
1: Man, I, I get in trouble every week because I have to I release my top four on Sunday, and I I have Florida uh, ahead of Texas A and M, who they lost to. But if you watch Kyle Trask throw the ball. Since they lost to AM on the road at Kyle Field on the last possession when they fumbled the ball, when they were getting ready to go down and probably win the game. So it was a close game. But man, the Georgia game, and then again last week, this offense, I didn't think we'd see another offense close to what LSU was doing as far as execution last year. I didn't think we'd see that in a long, long time. And here we are right now with Florida. I mean, you look at Trask's numbers, and I'm not comparing Florida as a team to LSU because that was. For me, I thought that was almost like a once a generational type of team, but they, they are putting up monster numbers, should be rewarded, even though they lost to a in my opinion. So I would have the teams you, you mentioned, you know, you, you've got uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson up in there in the top four, and then I would have Florida right there knocking on the door. And if they keep winning, obviously, like you said, they'll get their chance against Bama. I don't know if you guys have seen BYU play. Most people haven't, unless you're a, a degenerate college football fan like me and you watch <laughs> as many teams as you can. Man, they are really good. Um, physical team at the line of scrimmage. NFL quarterback uh, that, can, that can throw it around. And, and pretty good skill. So they're not going to get an opportunity because they just don't play anybody to, to probably throw their hat in the ring. But uh, the, both them and Cincinnati both have uh, teams that are pretty good. Clemson's going to be interesting, though. I mean, they, if you look at what they have, you obviously have Florida State on the road. They have Pitt. Uh, I think it's on Thanksgiving. and Then they go to Virginia Tech. I mean, all those on paper look like wins. they got to get healthy, as we saw in South Bend. Not just Trevor, because I, I I thought uh, DJ did a nice job stepping in. But, man, the, James Skowski is kind of like their Telvin Smith, a middle linebacker who started like 35 – 40 games um he's he's been out with with an injury uh they're hoping to get him back here in the next week or two uh they also didn't have their three technique who's going to be a first rounder he's in his second year a kid named tyler davis so you take a an all-american three technique in the middle middle linebacker who's an extension of brent venables and then the outside linebacker mike jones who's a senior who's replacing isaiah Simmons who just knows the scheme inside and out. all three of those guys out uh, for the Notre Dame game. So if they're going to be who we think they are, they got to get healthy. And, uh, right now they're playing a lot of true freshmen, a lot of young faces. And I think that's part of the reason, uh, that their defense got exposed against Ian book and, and Notre Dame last week.
2: Kirk, you you mentioned Texas A&M and, you know, Jimbo still is, uh, triggers a little, a few Florida state fans out there. You know, he's the guy that broke up with us for more money. Um, but what he did at Florida State in Freddie's years was beyond impressive. And he has AM rolling now. What is the ceiling? Can he win a national championship or you know get to a playoff at AM? Because it certainly looks like he's trending that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if you go by resources, um, ms not taking a back seat to anybody. <laughs> they, they are their budget, not just with his salary, but their budget in recruiting, if you look at the, the facilities, I mean if you ever want to see facilities just for fun, and you're looking to just go see something where it's just like I didn't know they had facilities like this, go to Texas A&M and look what they did to Kyle Field. Look what they've done to the football offices and, and the weight room and all that stuff. It's it's amazing. So I think when you have that and you're in that state and you're competing against a lot of people, you got to separate yourself. What separates Texas A&M is that they can tell a recruit. Oh no, you can go to Texas. Yeah, no, the Big Twelve plays good football. Or you can come into the varsity and go play in the SEC. I mean, if you, if you think you're great, come play in the SEC. They've never been able to say that in that state until they joined the, the SEC. So yeah. that's the sales pitch with Jimbo along with the offense that he, that he runs. But, hey, I'm not taking anything away from what they're doing. I just happen to be a little higher, uh, even though they beat Florida just the last two or three weeks. I think Florida's trending in a little better direction. The cool thing about this argument is – It'll be settled on the field. I mean, A and M, if they keep winning, they'll end up with one loss to Alabama, where they got blown out. And Florida will eventually play Bama, and they'll either beat them, and they would leapfrog over Texas A and M with a win over Alabama, or they get beat by Alabama. Now they have two losses, and they're out. A and M would move ahead of them. So eventually, it'll it'll work itself out. But yeah, to answer your question, uh Jimbo's doing a good job of recruiting, and we know he knows how to draw ball plays up. And uh, the big question really was, can his defense get high enough uh, to be competitive? And and right now they're playing pretty good.
2: Speaking of defense, uh, I'm not saying Florida State's going to make a change this year, but man, should we try and bring in Will Muschamp and just open the the checkbook now that he's free?
1: Well, again, um, you guys would know a lot better about the coordinators uh, and what's going on there. For me, I, I personally, like I said earlier, I would love to see him have some stability will yeah. you know i did will get let go today i I haven't heard anything
2: yeah he, he just got let go
1: okay well he'll he'll end up somewhere um i'm gonna
2: but, remember this kirk when i when i broke college football news to you on this podcast
1: yeah sundays for me is uh i'm going to bed is uh sunday except to do this and i'm going back to bed so i appreciate that I'll, I'll roll up the sleeves tomorrow but uh, good job breaking that for me. But not, I, I wondered if people would get let go, Is you know, no matter what they face just because of the pandemic. I called a game last night in Ann Arbor, and the, their own fan base, they've turned on on one of their own and Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they not, forget the outside world. Their own fans are trying to get rid of him. Um, you know, and Clay Helton at USC always seems to be in trouble. He's off to a 2-0 start. Tom Herman always seems to – you know, he's one loss away from – it seems like always being on the hot seat. So I wondered if if we would see people pull the trigger on some of these coaches and the fact that Will Muschamp got let go maybe is a sign that that, that could happen. But if if Will Muschamp has been let go, then whether he's in Florida State or he takes a year off, he'll end up quickly uh in and hot demand as a defensive coordinator for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Um people have talked about a potential replacement for him being it- Possibly Hugh Freeze coming back to yeah. the SEC. I graduated from Liberty. Oh, have, they... you, have you caught any Liberty games this year? Oh, like, this yeah. is the most <laughs> – are they not fun? Yeah.
1: Well, that's it. that's Hugh Freeze. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. Well, first he was able to bring in a good quarterback from Auburn um, who's running it and throwing. But go back to Ole Miss days. I mean, when Freddie was playing, Ole Miss had Bo Wallace, Chad Kelly. He, he – he, of all these offenses that are scoring points – he might be one of the more innovative coaches of knowing how to attack defenses, but you're right. If you're a Liberty grad and fan, enjoy the run because he is going to be coaching uh, somewhere else <laughs> soon. next week. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. No, it's been fun. They, they have NC state this weekend. It'd be cool if they could get to nine and oh. and then they've got, you know, winnable games in the last two. And then we'll kind of yeah. see what the bowl game would look like. So, yeah. I mean, um, how about
1: that story? You imagine them beating, Virginia Tech and NC State in the same year. I mean, that would be remarkable.
0: And Q's. They beat Syracuse as well. Three ACC. Yeah. Um, They're going to end up with more ACC wins than our Knowles. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, they probably will either way. But (laughs) um, I want to ask you I mean, we're we're all massive fans and we get up like so many people around the country. And I don't want to give you too much longer. So we'll ask you a couple more and then let you get back to your night. But like so many people around the country, we wake up every Saturday morning, and the first thing we do is flip on game day, right? Because it's just, you know, it's so incredible. But like, there's always felt like there's obviously an FSU connection with Corso, and then yes. Sam was on the show forever. Obviously, married Christian, and so, um, but we love Corso. I mean, you know, he's incredible. But like, what's yeah. it like being? I know it's been distant this year. Uh, yeah. What's 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 he really like? Like off camera? Like is he just? You know, we see him on camera, but like, what's he like behind the scenes?
1: Man, he is i've been with him for 25 years and he uh when i first worked with him he was intimidating because people don't realize when he was in his prime he was not just funny he was edgy like he would say things that no one else had the courage to say and that's what made him really a star in tv i think he's the greatest entertainer to ever work in sports television you know i love charles he's a a good friend of mine and he's an incredible entertainer in his own right obviously but lee just the way he he over the years he was able to do the things that he did not just the headgear but just he you know how witty he was and his one-liners and so that's the tv side you know he's incredibly talented guy but he loved you know he just loved winding up fans like he was almost like a WWE character like he loves you know he'll he'll say something bad about Florida State you know and then at the end he'll come around and pick Florida State or he just like it's almost like he just crowds booing him one second then they're cheering in the next and he just <laughs> it was just like they he had him right in the palm of his hand you know when when he w- we were having a normal crowd um and and then there's the other side of it where I got to know him really really well when I started when I first started I wasn't married I didn't have any kids so you go from not being married I was like 25 to now being 50 and having kids and having questions and having concerns and I was with him so much you know we'd be together just he and I in the back of a car driving somewhere you know to a photo shoot or something and I'd have something on my mind and I would just talk to him like I would talk to a dad my dad and he was, you know, I, I'd pour out my heart to him for 10 minutes, my problem. And he'd sit there and listen to me like Don Corleone, you know, and he'd sit and listen <laughs> and I'd get done. All he needed was like a cat, you know, that he was petting. And then I would, <laughs> I would get done and he would just give me like a sentence to, and it would just be like, again, or like Yoda, you know, give me one sentence and it would like solve my problem. And it, I can't tell you how many times that happened. So when you when you open your heart to somebody, and he opens up his art back to you. And you do that over the course of time, you become really close and you create a tight bond. And that, that's, that's who we are, you know? And, and uh, so he's my guy, you know? And, and I, I, I've always enjoyed working with him, but my, my love of him as a, just a person is far greater than, you know, what we do on TV.
2: Yeah, Kirk. So th- this will be my last one and I'll let Freddie wrap it up for us. But as a huge college game day fan, thank you for, for coming on. This has been so awesome. Um, did you know what Lee was going to come with the, uh, the Brooks Kepka outfit yesterday on game day and <laughs> <laughs> with the Nike hat and the big yeah. muscles, man. It's an unfortunate, he finished 10 under. It was a, a really good yeah. showing. Um, but that was, that was awesome to see. Did you know he was coming with that?
1: No, man. I, I, I typically try not to know, especially when he's in person Um I love to be surprised. I literally, like, like when you're telling that story, I was looking up at everybody's faces, and every we're all smiling. You know that that's what he does for us. And I lo- I'm sitting next to him, so I'm no different than you watching him on TV. I just happen to be sitting next to him, and I can't help but laugh because he, if you only knew how excited he gets for the last 45 seconds of the show, like the other two hours 59 minutes and 15 seconds you know whatever but those last 45 seconds man that is his time don't mess with him let him do his thing and I've just learned get out of the way he might hand me a gun he might hand me a you know an albino (laughs) alligator I don't know yeah an alligator (laughs) (laughs) but just let him do his thing and just sit back and appreciate it and that's what I do and uh, I just happen to be sitting right next to him but that's the best, you know, make sure you guys Google Lee Corso F-bomb if you haven't seen that and when you get done because... Oh yeah. He, if you didn't, oh, okay, you know about yeah, it. Exactly. He he's
2: got a couple out there, but they're they're
0: all it hilarious.
1: Was, it was crystal clear when he yeah. when he said, it. and
0: uh, we came back. You came back for a break. And he's like, oh, who, who wasn't? Yeah, <laughs> Fowler yeah. was like, we we caught an unfortunate. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> was yeah. like an unfortunate word picked up on the air. We're yeah. like, we all knew who that was. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He's a, he's a mess. And he doesn't care, you know? He's the only guy that can say the <laughs> F word and, and and his his stock goes up. You know, yeah. I, I would have been fired on the spot. His <laughs> uh, his stock goes up when he said it. He's the best, man. We, we love about this, guys. You know, whether it's your your grandparents or somebody you know, he's 85 years old, had a stroke about 12 years ago. And there he is on national TV. I mean, just remarkable. And his cognitive thinking, I mean, it's, it is sharp. The only time you'll ever see him talk a little bit when he gets a little stuck is going all the way back to that stroke. So if he didn't have that stroke, I mean, he would look like he's 60. Like when you see him in person, you'd think he's 65, 68 years old, just has great, you know, genes. And so he's incredibly blessed, but yeah, he, we miss him. We miss having him not out there with us. Um, It's just cool. At least he's on the show. Um, you know, to the magnitude that he is, and hopefully we all get on the other side of this this COVID, and and we get back to some some normalcy soon.
2: Yeah, hopefully we see you all Labor Day or the Sunday before Labor Day for Florida State and Notre Dame next
1: year.
0: I love that. I love that. That would be great. We'll be we'll treat you to some Guthries. <laughs> we'll go yeah. and order the whole thing out. <laughs> oh, I'm in.
3: I'm in. I'm all about that. Um, this is a game of football for players, it's a big fraternity. Um, Myself, I find myself sometimes, whether I'm in the store or whatever I may be doing, I run into rivals or former teammates that, shoot, I may not have even liked, but I have a major respect for them because I know they know what that grind is like and they went through the same thing that I went through. So sitting across from you, I got a major respect for you because I know you went through that grind. But the biggest thing for me is athletes transitioning into life after ball so tell me a little bit about that transition and taking that next step after you were done playing ball. I know you had some questions, probably anxiety hit you, didn't really know what was next. Let's um, talk about that. I, I'm big on that guys transitioning after ball because so many guys are lost in their 40s, shoot, their 50s, still living in the past because they didn't, they it never clicked for them. They never figured out, and I think that's major for guys to figure out early on because you don't want to be that guy that's in his 50s and 60s living in regret because he never took life out the ball serious.
1: Man, that is awesome. Great question, great thought. That's something I would love to talk openly with guys that are your age or older or current players or high school players. Because I think, again, going back to the, the system right now, the system is setting these players up to think that there's this euphoria on the in this world of the nfl and for some guys it, it'll it'll pan out but for 98 percent of them it won't but 100 percent think it will and so they're putting all their eggs into that basket so what happens is they, they do the three years or some of them graduate some of them don't and then they try to chase the nfl and if they're lucky enough to play for four years or six years or eight years they're going to be 30 years old and, and still need to work and still need to find something to, to do with their life. And, um, I, I, my dad played at Ohio state. He, uh, he was a captain there. He coached with Woody Hayes and Bo Schimbechler and he, he kind of stayed out of my, my sports business, but he was very big on making sure I had balance and making sure that I, I would, you know, not do that, not put all my eggs in one basket. So for me, I was a business major, but I was a sports fanatic. I loved talk radio growing up. I loved listening to talk radio. I loved watching all sports. And I think subconsciously I was digesting what I wanted to do with my life without knowing it. So when I got out of Ohio state and I tried to make it the NFL had some free agent opportunities, but I just didn't have that passion to bounce around from like the world league or arena league, barely hanging on in the NFL. I had no interest in that life. So I, I just cut the cord, boom, like that. And I, I thought I was going to get into the business world, but I started doing a talk radio show making $12,000 a year and didn't really care about the money. I was pumped. That I, they were going to pay me anything to sit there with a microphone and talk about sports, not just college football. I was in Columbus, Ohio, so we were talking Reds, Indians, Bengals, Browns, Ohio State, you name it. Ohio has a lot of different sports. I get to talk about it year round and uh, had a a great time doing that, did it for actually ended up doing that for 15 years. But I think what what it taught me was I saw what you see, what you see. I saw guys I played with that NFL, maybe for a year or two, got cut and now they're going back home or they, they got nothing going on. And my message when I talk to guys is chase that dream man, go get it. But please, I'm not lecturing. I'm just telling you. I'm an example. Use me as an example. Uh, go find a passion. Whether it's coaching, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's being—I don't know—anything. Whatever it is you you like, keep those those options open because one day you're going to want to tap into those those options. You know, even if you do make it, you're going to want to tap into those options. And so. Um, sounds like you found something you enjoy it sounds like you enjoy doing this this podcast and and talking sports and you know everybody when I started making 12,000 doing radio I would have never thought that 25 years later I'd be calling game of the week and on game day for 25 years and calling the national championship every year and doing what I'm doing I would I didn't get into it for that I got into it because man I love doing this and so find something you love to do and then go kick its ass every single day just like you did when you worked out you know you didn't go work out like yeah i guess i'll go work out you worked out like going to kill it and that's how you have to do the job you're doing right here and if you do that another door is going to open you're going to look at that door and be like huh look at this i'm going to go do this now and then you go crush that one and you go do that for a while and then another door is going to open and that's what i would do you know going looking back at it
0: I know we said we'd wrap up, but I got one more since you said something there. It kind of made me think of this, but we'll ask this and we'll, we'll let you go. Um, I'm going to clip that cause that answer is awesome. And I think people don't, people don't think as much about that, you know, like kids. You know, yeah. We've all seen that. We've all seen kids that have, you know, put all their eggs in that one basket. But, um, you just mentioned the national championship. Um, I was out in Pasadena, um, the year before the Oregon game, um, and so I, you know, didn't hear you calling it. But when when Florida State and Jameis got the ball back with a minute nineteen yeah. left, yeah, um, I know you've got to be unbiased. You can't pick the games you call, yeah. You know, you. But now looking back, seven years ago, yeah. did you did you know that Florida State I, was going to go down and score I, that? Did I, did you know beyond a shadow I'll of a doubt? Tell you
1: this, I'll tell you this because I did Florida State a bunch that year. I was working with Brent Musburger, and I can't remember the exact score, but Auburn jumped out big. Early in that game, and Brent made a comment, basically almost like, "Well, this this one's about over." And I said, "I th- this is not over. Th- this Florida State team, they need one break to get them going, and this thing, this game can change." And I, I rarely disagree with your partner on air, but it was more of a conversation. But I, I made a, I wanted to make a point that there was so much game left the Florida States got the talent and, and the confidence to come back. If They can just catch a break. And sure enough, I can't remember what happened, but something happened and it got them going. And next thing you know, here they come. They're, they're on that run. And when they got the ball back, I, I don't want to sit here and say, I knew that they were going to score, but I, I had a lot of confidence that that offense was going to at least get down near the red zone and have a shot, you know, to, to win it. I didn't realize green was gonna shake a guy, go down that right sideline. You know, I mean that was a that was a hell of a play. And I I love that guy too. Um if you ever see him, tell him I said up. But I I was so that play right there was the play. I mean, we, we remember the the slant, the touchdown, but that that play to me yeah. was the critical play of that drive.
0: Yeah, because once we got it in the red zone, I mean you knew they were gonna score. Yeah. Or, oh you yeah, know, but it was just getting there with, yeah. with that little time. Oh
1: man, what a setting, what tension. Championship oh, on the line oh, that was that was so hyped I, yeah. I was
2: at that game and the clemson game and, and i had a lot more fun at the clemson game than i did at the national title. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: But <laughs> we all wanted the it's we all wanted enjoyable. the title we yeah. all wanted the title game and thought the title game would go like that right because we blew yeah. everybody out that year yeah but, i mean looking back i wouldn't i mean, i wouldn't trade like walking it off right with like 10 yeah. seconds left you oh my like, god pretty, pretty so incredible awesome
1: Awesome. And you know, when people ask what's your favorite game you ever called, um, or, or most competitive, sometimes for me, I, I you know, I I I think about like Georgia playing Oklahoma at that same stadium uh where Baker Mayfield got up big and it was like wow, Oklahoma's gonna kill George. And then Jay Fromm brought him back with Chubb and Sonny Michelle and went into overtime. It was an amazing game. And then, and then like a week later in the national championship, Tua comes in and ends up beating that Georgia team, which was back to back. So sometimes you lock in on those games, but just reminiscing and talking about that, that, that's right up there with just an epic scene, stage, everything on the line. Auburn's up big. Florida State comes back. Auburn comes back. Florida State's got the ball. Minute to go. Who's going to win? I mean, that, that's about all the drama you could hope for uh, in a national championship,
0: yeah, the Rose Bowl's seen some good ones. A few years yeah. before that, I mean, Keith Jackson calling the the Vince Young walk off was oh yeah, was pretty special too. I mean, absolutely. Um, the I mean, yeah, we've Florida State's won in a couple of different stadiums, but that Rose Bowl one's always going to be oh yeah, a, a special one for sure.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I tell you the the uh, not not a great memory for Florida State, but Wanky couldn't play in '98. Uh, Mm-hmm. Remember that Marcus Altson had to, pl- it was Marcus Allison.
2: Yeah. The, the rooster yeah. against Tennessee. Rooster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Tennessee ended up uh, and
0: them, yeah.
1: kind of shocking the world. Peyton Manning, all those years was the guy. And then T Martin steps in and, yeah. and wins him a national championship in 98.
0: Man, we appreciate so much your time um, and hanging out, talking FSU with us. And we started with the bad news, but we finished off with some, some, some positive <laughs> memories. Exactly. And-
1: well, hopefully you guys, seriously, man, anytime you want me to hop on, let me know. Good luck to, to the Knolls getting this thing turned around. But I hang in there. Be patient because yep. for him to do it the right way, it's it's going to take some time. And I would just look for any kind of spirit of the team and, and players playing for each other. You start to see those kind of things. And I just think you start to see the thing going in a better direction.
2: Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Kirk. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: All right, you guys take care. Freddie, take care, bud. Yes, sir. Before you leave, Kirk, I got to yeah. give you a special shout-out. I used to get clips from my, my family all game. I come in yeah. the locker room after the game, and they're like, yo, Kirk's showing you major love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cover that game, you showing the love. And I'm like, Dang, so – <laughs> <do that?">
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I love fullbacks. I, I, I love I, – because I know that that's a uh, – that is not a glorified position. And when and when you would make a block or you get your hands on the ball, I'm going to celebrate it. You know what I mean? Because that's the epitome. We're talking about being unselfish. That position is represents that more than I think any other – other than offense alignment. That, but that position represents that more than anybody.
3: Without a doubt, and I, I hate how it's phased out the game. But, yeah, I yeah. remember all those games where I'm coming in and I got some clips on my phone. Like dang Kirk Kirk knows that Freddie Stevenson name, man. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: I don't know. Uh, I don't know who loved loved me more. You and my family. I'm like <laughs> Kirk, man. <laughs> Kirk knows, I appreciate I, you. Yeah. You always showed up, you always showed us love and you always kept it real. But I yeah. appreciate you coming on and chopping it up with us. Tonight. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. I appreciate you reminding me of some of those good old days uh when you were out there getting it done. And like I said, Freddie, anytime you guys want me to hop back on, just let me know. Yes, sir. All right. You
0: guys take
1: Thanks, care. Man. Okay. Thanks,
0: Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I don't have a lot more in me after that, bro. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about this NC State game. I'm I'm still over here. Like, Harlan's shaking. I'm shaking. I'm texting Kara. Like, I'm freaking out right now. Um, You know, Freddie played with, like, Heisman winners and national champions and stuff. Like, me and – me and Richie over here are just like nobodies, bro. Just like <laughs> <laughs> I wake up every Saturday morning, and watch this guy on my TV, and you know, get complained to by my kid about turning cartoons off now. And now I'm interviewing this guy on a podcast. So, man, that, that was, was a lot fun. of fun. Um, Kirk's awesome. I I'm, i can't wait to get off here and go listen to the rest of that because he's just yeah, incredible. Right? <laughs> um, but no, that was but, super hey, TJ, dope. TJ, so,
4: TJ, I just want to tell you, I was sitting here shaking, I was texting you. You said go ahead and ask a question. I said, "Oh my god!" I went I turned my I turned my camera off. I went and choked the beer. I was like, "I can't be slurring my words." So I just asked him real quick. I had to get the, I had to get the nerves out to ask him a question.
0: <laughs> Dude, I remember when we got our first couple um, like massive guests on the Big Three Roll Up. We got like Derek Brooks and, um, Ken Griffey King Griffey Jr. Yeah, and guys like that. And I I mean I just. I just told those guys, I was like, I'm asking these guys a question. You know, these are (laughs) like my, like I'm talking, like I'm going to put on audio my voice talking with these legends. And so I thought about Harlan while we're doing it. And I texted him and said like, Hey bro, come in here and ask a question. Cause you'll never forget. Like I'll never forget the fact that I asked King Rivia Jr. A question and Harlan will, you know, like none of us ever forget it, but I didn't want you to miss out on it too while we're all. BSing with him for an hour. Yeah, or so no, I appreciate
2: how,
5: it. Was,
0: it was way awesome to think way to think quick on your feet. Way to think quick on your feet because I put you on the spot. And, and
2: how how cool is it that on a Sunday night in the thick of these, you know, conference races, he takes an hour out of his day to come on our podcast and just hang out. And I think he would have hung out for another hour if he if he wanted to. We I feel like we tried to end it a few times and he kept going. It was man, yeah. he was an awesome down-to-earth guest. I already liked the guy a lot um before that. But that man, he's he's definitely up there. He, he's that was awesome, man.
0: No, absolutely. Without a doubt. And like you said, he probably would have stayed on forever. Um, But yeah, he was, he was incredible. Um, Like I said, I can't wait to get, I'm not even waiting until tomorrow morning. I can't wait to get off here and listen to it again because I mean, he just had a lot of really good stuff in there and, you know, just a name that a name that everybody in college football knows who that is, right? Like some people may not know who this guy is or that guy is, but everybody knows who Kirk Herbstreit is. So that, that was Again, that was super dope. But, yeah, I I don't really want to talk about um, the NC State game. I will give a little bit better shout-out to the Big Three Roll-Up, which we're powered by. Um, Again, check out the shop now. and get some Double Fries, no slaw swag there, um, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. There's some different neat stuff there for you. Um, Before we talk really, really quickly about the NC State game, any other thoughts on Kirk or we want to talk about this NC State game and uh, get out of here? Uh, let's we've delayed it long enough you know we, we had a
5: nice long hour with kirk
2: a lot of, a lot of good memories and, and good times so let's let's just jump right into this um and you know let it go from there
0: yeah florida state loses um to nc state and the game ended up losing by 16 right 38 22 but it was never all that competitive it was 35 to 9 going into the fourth quarter uh, fsu got a couple of um i don't know they were necessarily garbage time garbage time but the game was definitely decided um, and so score looks a little better than it really was, but Florida State not competitive for most of the game. Um, you know, no Jordan Travis, so Blackman, I'm sorry, so Purdy and Rotamaker um kind of split duties and really just didn't have a ton going. The defense, you know, kind of did all it could, started out decently, but then was just on the field way too much and and really couldn't hold NC State down. Um Overall, I don't know that the game went any differently than than what we probably all expected. Um, I think I had 30, 38, 24, 41, 24, something in that range. So I think it kind of went about like we expected. Maybe Florida State scored a little bit more, held them to a little bit lower, but I think we all kind of expected a a two touchdown loss or so. Um and I outside of that, I mean, I, you know, we previewed the game and you know what we thought would happen did Um, not having Travis kind of handicapped us I don't know that he's the difference in the game that we could have won a little more competitive with us scoring a little better in the first half but I don't know that things really that different Um, but what are you guys' takeaways from that then we'll talk about one more thing and we'll get out of here
3: yeah, just like you said, um, defense started off pretty pretty decent, but just on the field too much. Offense kept going three and outs on the field, getting tired, getting worn, worn down. But my, my issue was sometimes in the passing situations where we were blitzing and guys are playing 10, 10 yards off the ball and just giving those guys free releases down the field. You saw it a few times on the goal line. I'll talk about that in the extra sauce segment. But um, Purdy just coming in in that situation, his first start, I do not i d I don't I don't think he looked bad. He um shows some promise. He's not of course he's not I don't think he's fully ready yet, but he does have some room to, for you to be optimistic in the future. I think he'll be a bright spot in, in our team in the near future. But as he continues developing and get more reps, he'll only progress. And I think he, he shows some great composure in this game, throwing the ball away in situations instead of taking unnecessary hits and, or forcing turnovers. Um I think that he showed some things you can be optimistic about.
2: Yeah, and on that long touchdown pass, you know, it, Wilson was wide open, but that doesn't happen if Chubba doesn't, you know, step up in the pocket, kind of use his feet to create something, and more importantly, keep his eyes downfield, because if he doesn't have his eyes downfield, he doesn't see that. Um, I, I'm with you, Freddie, man. I I, I came away, you know, Chuba's not ready yet, but I was impressed with him, and I think he did show some promise moving forward, and I think, and I'd love to get both of your thoughts on this, that even if Travis is healthy, I think you got to ride with uh, with Chubb the rest of the season, just to see what you have um, potentially moving into
0: next year. So, what do you guys think about that? I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, at this point, you know, at this point, I don't know that there's a lot of difference between um, a three and nine record and a two and ten, right? I mean, we're not we're not beating Clemson this weekend, and then I think the Virginia game is going to be pretty tough as well. Their offense. Is kind of clicking, so you're looking at that Duke game, right? As as the one possible win, and is it more important to let Chuba continue to grow and develop, or to maybe get that one win against Duke, right? So I, you know, uh, not not that we couldn't win with Chuba or that we're a guaranteed win with Jordan, but yeah, I, I think if especially if Travis isn't all the way healthy, which he probably isn't, you know, nothing's really come out of his injury. I, I think I'd side with Richie there and say I agree with that, Freddie.
3: Yeah, I, um, I'll roll with that. I just with the way Jordan Travis plays, I know he's banged up right now. Yeah, and it just Purdy getting all those reps is only going to help us in the future. Um, no matter you know all these guys get an opportunity to compete in the spring, but it'll only make us a better team when Travis does come back and have an opportunity to compete. He'll have a guy that pushes him, and whoever wins that job know, it's a guy that's fit for it because Purdy's gotten those in-game reps and then they'll have the opportunity to progress more in the in fall camp. So I think you get, let him roll and just keep progressing. He didn't get the opportunity in camp. He got hurt early.
0: Yeah, shout out to my guy Matt over at Bay Cannon Brewery. I mean, he, it's funny. You you interview somebody like Kirk and then you kind of like forget exactly what they just said. You know, <laughs> seeing the guys that are out there fighting for each other is sounds like such a loser blood, you know, um, moral victory thing to look for. But at this point, like I said, what's the difference between three and nine and two and 10, it's trying to take those positives away from those guys that are going to fight, um, for each other, for the team, for the logo, for the brand, for the school, um, over these last three weeks, these last three weeks aren't probably not going to be a ton of fun. Um, but it's, it's who, who are the guys stepping up in in those situations in that area and stuff like that. So that's a good reminder, uh, for my buddy, Matt over there at Bay Can. I saw that in the comments. Um, shout out to Matt. We uh we had Matt's beer out at uh I saw Richie with at least one can of that. Uh we had Matt's beer out at the Cush House grand opening in Orlando last night. Um, so that stuff was great. Like I said, hopefully Lindsay drove home because I saw Richie with a new can in his hand every time I turned around. But um No, the,
2: the, the beer cans were <laughs> they were my wife. I was I was I was, drink, I was drinking vodka to Sprites the whole night. <laughs> well she was put she was putting them away.
0: <laughs> um shout out to those guys over there. Um, I am excited for Freddie's extra sauce segment tomorrow. That's sponsored yeah. by the Lemieux company. Um, great, great stuff there. In fact, I just I literally just like walked in the door and put the kids down for a bath. So I've got to make the video for it real quick so that those guys can work on that and get that out to you tomorrow. But um excited for that. Check that out, drop in tomorrow. Um, any closing thoughts, guys, uh, on the team, on Kirk, on anything. Um, from this weekend, that you've seen any NFL stuff? Oh, Jameis. Shout out to Jameis for getting in against this. Um, yeah. Good for against, him. Against um, the 49ers. Looks like Breeze got hurt. You know, we got, I got a lot of trolls um, on the fact that Jameis was the third string quarterback. Look who they put in when Breeze went down. You know, I, Taysom Hill is not an every down quarterback, he's a gadget no. yeah. uh, guy. Jameis went in, extended the lead. Um, drove them down a few times for scores and, uh, the saints end up getting the win. Um, so shout out Jameis one and know on the season, undefeated, um, quarterback, um, uh, since quarterback wins are uh, a thing when you live in Tampa, um, uh, Brady looked better today. Well, Brady didn't look that good. The team looked better, uh, overall Brady missed some guys early, which is kind of weird, but they looked better second half and the bucks looked good as well. Um, Anything before we get out of here, guys?
2: I mean, I was happy to see the Bucks bounce back. A, a very slow start again, which kind of had me worried. Um, but then Brady, no, I think Brady looks significantly better than last week. Um, oh, and, for sure. and he, he he now moves to eight and one uh, following a game where he lost by twenty or more points in the week prior. So he he's petty, and I love it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't, you don't have much for me this week. I kind of want to play that song. That song. Or James dance to again because he got an opportunity. <laughs> it's funny now because it, it'll be ironic if he takes Drew Brees' spot. That'll be ironic then. But I mean, I'm just happy to see him get an opportunity. Man, he looks happy out.
0: Yeah, Super Bowls here in Tampa. So um, the NFC is wide open. So yeah, it is. Uh, I'm Richie's going to hate me. I'm uh, <laughs> cheering for the Saints doing win Super Bowl because James is playing. But. um but that's all I got. Are you playing that song again? Or are we picking a new song? Hold on. I, I I got a, uh, two quick shout outs before we get out of here, though, real quick. Um, got Somebody getting married. I can tell. Yeah. So
2: yesterday, well, <laughs> yesterday was my mom's birthday. So shout out to her. And then oh, uh, shout out to my good friends, Cody and Sarah. They got engaged yesterday, uh, last night, um, and really excited for them. So bachelor party coming soon.
0: Are they in Orlando? Yeah. They should get married to the Kush house. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 it's right up the rally I'll i'll just say that without going into oh, a- very good um shout out my buddy kevin today's his birthday as well um uh, since since you mentioned your mom i figured i should shout my buddy out mm-hmm. as well um, <laughs> um uh richie get us a song and let's get out of here uh let Freddie take it again.
2: Kara just, just, just texted me.
0: Kara just texted me and said that Champagne Reek could marry them. Did you know, Did you meet Champagne Reek last night? Yeah, we, we met him at the Florida State Miami game too. Oh, Okay, very good. Yeah, <laughs> so very few people get that joke, but
2: yeah. So um, one of y'all take
0: the songs. I'm playing
3: that James song again, man. All right. Go ahead,
0: yeah, run, play it back, it, huh? run it back. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night. We'll see you on Thursday night. Oh, man, I did not want to break that down. We'll see you guys on Thursday night.
5: City, I broke all the notch Got some more millions I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and he don't fall We call them trusted, cause they gonna chop Took her out of violence cause her pussy pop I run it like Nike, we got it on lock Call the i I'm the boss man in a suit with no tie I can't be sober, I gotta stay high so, serpent, the kind of that's dry. Riding a special like Bunny and Clyde. Don't worry, baby, I keep me so fine. She need that's in person, she cannot decide. The ladies, Mercedes, here go to surprise. I'm steep on this lady, her pussy, her pride. Digging her back while I'm gripping her side. Digging my back, back, this ain't regular size. You really fly we like Pelican guys. Bitch, you range lick, I can tell her disguise. Up Upgrade at my wrist put, but guess in guy She think I might sign her and change her whole life. I told her to goggle and work on her high. Everything litty, y'all love when it's hot. Turn to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more millies, I keep me a night. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me, and ain't don't We call them traps, cause they gonna chop. Took a out of flowers, cause I pussy pop. I run it like Nike, we got it on lock.
6: money, K, K, any, bang, 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 I took the billy cool back in the heart and kind I put the bitch in the front of the billy in front of the drive And man the shit that we weedy can't smoke in the road right wow I stepped up am cut up I'm drinking I shoot up the tires i am in a cool by myself I had the kicker though when I was five. Keep the hood was on the shelf or since ran in the fire I'm sick and tired of the young niggas, act like they fine, they telling their lies Actin' like they done what created this and they get all this droop of my guys Yeah, call the ass, call the co- ass, call the ass to watch Call the ass, call the call call Cardi, I spent buffers uh-huh. low on the side. Prisic cut diamonds, they cut yeah, yeah. Cardi ain't bad for the cardi attack. Got ring look cool with two hundred dash. Cardi, your jeans ain't no way I can say. Ain't no way I'ma ever gon' go out. Man, I can't go out. No way I'ma go out. I just grip on her ass and I show it. I sit like a champ and I wait on the whole lot. I just whip up a noose in Chanel patent. I whip it breeze and I don't break the door. Turn the whole top floor to a whole house. I Hundred racks and one do bought to flood out.